Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thanks so much for listening today. As always, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Snag your free PDF on the top 200 drugs. Uh, 31 pages, lots of uh, clinical practice pearls in there, as well as things that may show up on uh, various board exams throughout your uh, healthcare career as well. So, again, absolutely free for following the podcast. We send you out email uh, updates when we've got new uh, podcasts available, as well as uh, other content too. All right, so let's get into the drug of the day today, and that is fexofenadine. Uh, brand name of this medication is Allegra. It is classified as a second generation antihistamine. So if you recall what first generation antihistamines are, uh, the most common example there would be diphenhydramine. Uh, certainly it can be very, very useful uh, in allergic rhinitis, and that is primarily uh, what I see this medication used for. So whenever you uh, have a next-generation medication within a a general class, generally that represents some sort of improvement uh, over previous classes. And uh, with the second-generation antihistamines, like fexofenadine, like we have here, um, the primary advantage of this medication over the uh, diphenhydramine or hydroxyzine-type agents uh, is that there's less sedation uh, with this medication. Uh, mechanistically, it binds, uh, it's an antihistamine, so it binds and blocks histamine type 1 receptors. Uh, this is done in the, the vessels and respiratory tract, which you know makes sense why we're using it for uh, allergic rhinitis, that type of thing. Uh, but it is important to remember the difference between H1 and H2. So H2 blockers uh, are used in uh, acid secretion disorders, basically. So things like GERD and heartburn and stuff like that versus uh, antihistamine type 1 blocking agents. They're used more so uh, in response to uh, allergies and, and things of that nature. Uh, dosing 60 milligrams twice a day or 180 milligrams once a day. Uh, in you know my situation, what I've seen in clinical practice, you're going to see the 180 once a day used much more common. Uh, it does have a long enough half-life to uh, support once daily dosing. And in my opinion, if you can take something once a day rather than twice a day, uh, that's definitely a no-brainer. Uh, dosage form. So I did want to mention something about this. Uh, specifically when counseling, talking to patients, uh, patients will often just say they're taking Allegra. Okay, and there are other dosage forms and uh, the most common uh, kind of alteration dosage form with Allegra is Allegra D. 
So when you see this in clinical practice, um, or when you hear a patient report that, hey, I'm taking Allegra, you've got to ask the question, is it Allegra or is it Allegra D? I've had it numerous times where the patient is having other issues, like uh, let's say insomnia or you know issues with uh, prostate uh, problems, maybe elevated blood pressure. And if you just see the Allegra, you might not think about that decongestant that's in there, which is usually uh, pseudoephedrine, which has a whole host of side effects as well. Not going to go through all those side effects. Uh, go back and listen to the, the pseudoephedrine podcast uh, if you want more details on that. But I just wanted to uh, make that point that when you're talking about over-the-counter agents or agents that can uh, have combination that are combination pills, you've got to make sure you know what you're actually dealing with and what the patient is actually taking. All right, let's talk adverse effects a little bit of specifically fexofenadine. So, the way I think about uh, you know the general class of second generation antihistamines is they are antihistamines, but they're kind of antihistamines uh, light in, in that they have potentially some mild anticholinergic effects, but they're not going to be anything near what diphenhydramine or hydroxyzine do. So again, think about anticholinergics and maybe that anticholinergic burden, uh, possibility maybe of some GI upset, uh, CNS uh, sedation, dizziness, um, but there again, with fexofenadine, I, I think I mentioned right away at the beginning that uh, this drug has low to no uh, central nervous system penetration. And if we don't have that, we're probably not going to run into issues uh, you know, with sedation and dizziness and things like that. So again, and, and that you know, does depend upon dose as well. If somebody's using an absurdly high dose or something, again, you're probably more and more likely to, to run into to more adverse effects. Another situation, thinking about a pharmacokinetic uh, perspective, uh, geriatric patients, uh, those maybe with uh, poor renal function could have some accumulation, for example. Uh, those uh, patient populations may be at uh, greater risk. Uh, to run into some of those uh, adverse effects. Uh, one other thing before we get into to drug interactions and the impact that can have on kinetics and absorption, uh, I wanted to talk about onset of action. Um, generally with antihistamines, uh, particularly second-generation antihistamines, some of them may take a little while to work. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not typically talking weeks or anything, but... Um, you know, the onset of fexofenadine is a couple of hours. So I think it's important to set those expectations with patients that, hey, it might um, take a little while to work. You're not going to see relief in 15 minutes, 30 minutes, okay? Whereas, you know, maybe a, a nasal spray, for example, um, you might see a little bit maybe quicker onset or patients experiencing some symptom relief a little bit quicker. So I think that's an important thing uh, to spell out for patients and, you know, maybe taking that medication uh, for a few days in a row, you know, could really enhance that benefit and, and make that patient feel significantly better 
rather than just taking kind of a, a random as needed with some of the, the antihistamines. So there's kind of discussion on that back and forth as to, to what's better and what's best. But you know, typically, I think in, in my experience, anecdotally, uh, what I've seen is uh, patients who, who take it consistently are going to have a lot better relief of their uh, allergic rhinitis uh, type symptoms. Uh, rather than those that, that take it more uh, sporadically. And a lot of that's uh, due to the, the kinetics and the, the timing of how that drug works. All right, so let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material, like pharmacotherapy, ambulatory care, uh, geriatrics, MTM, definitely go check out meded101.com store. In addition, uh, for pharmacy students, we've got NAPLEX content. You can certainly check that out as well. We've got links there as well. And if you're another healthcare professional, uh, definitely go check out all the links at meded101.com store. Lots of Amazon books with case studies, clinical pearls, uh, drug interactions, and you can actually get an Audible book for free if you're interested and if you've never tried Audible, uh, simply by following the, the links there at meded101.com store. All right, so let's finish up on drug interactions. Uh, first off, uh, Allegra, I, I don't consider it a, a drug that has a ton of drug interactions, but you're going to generally see a lot listed when you do an interaction screen. And the two primary reasons that you're going to see a lot of drugs flag is due to CNS depressant type effect. Remember, again, I said Allegra, probably not going to cause a huge amount of sedation on its own. Um, but in addition, combination with other medications, uh, opioids, benzos, alcohol, uh, so on and so forth, um, any type of sedating type medication, we could potentially have some additive type effects. Uh, same thing with anticholinergic burden. If you've got a patient that's taking, you know, a tricyclic antidepressants or, you know, some other antihistamine or other anticholinergic medication, maybe for IBS, for example, or something, um, Allegra could potentially uh, add on a, a small level uh, to that potential adverse effect profile. So again, not something I'm generally crazy worried about, um, but definitely if, if somebody's reporting anticholinergic adverse effects, dry eyes, dry mouth, urinary tension, uh, you know, confusion, uh, Allegra is potentially one of those medications that could have uh, additive effects onto that burden. All right, so those are, are the, the primary um, drug interactions that you're, you're going to see flag. Uh, I did want to mention a couple of uh, food or dietary interactions as well. So one is if you take Allegra with a high-fat meal, it's actually going to lower bioavailability. So that's, that's an important thing to remember. If you have a patient that's not responding to the medication... Uh, definitely ask about that. Are you taking it, you know, with a high fat meal? So maybe they're taking it with, you know, bacon and eggs every morning and they eat a big breakfast. That's a good situation to, to ask. Uh, another situation, uh, if you have a patient who isn't responding to the medication, uh, fruit juices can actually lower bioavailability. 
So kind of classically, we think of grapefruit juice as causing a lot of drug interactions, and it certainly can, um, you know, through 3A4 inhibition uh, on medications like statins and things of that nature. Uh, but actually, uh, Allegra or fexofenadine uh, doesn't get affected that way. It's more on the absorption through the GI tract with fruit juices, and uh, it's fr fruit juices in general. Uh, it's not just grapefruit juice. So definitely very, very important uh, to remember that that's not CYP3A4 mediated. That's actually an absorption issue where fruit juice lowers the absorption of fexofenadine and might make it uh, more possible that a patient won't respond to therapy. So in these two situations, high fat meal and, uh, you know, we're maybe taking fruit juice with our medication, uh, what can we do? And the easiest way to resolve that is hopefully in most situations, your patient's taking that once a day. Um, just time it out at a, a different time, you know, four to six hours apart from when we have that, you know, high fat meal or when we, uh, you know, do fruit juice. If you've got a patient that's um, sold on a particular juice that they need to have every day, uh, just do some separation, you know, four to six hour separation and you're, you're going to help maximize that bioavailability and help ensure that the uh, drug is working appropriately. All right, so I think that's going to wrap it up for today. If you enjoyed the podcast, found it helpful, uh, leave a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. That's greatly appreciated. Uh, share us with a friend, colleague, uh, student, preceptor, uh, whoever uh, needs to, to brush up on medication therapy, medication management. Um, we're greatly appreciative uh, to all of you who have been uh, sharing the, the podcast. It's helped us grow uh, exponentially, way beyond uh, anything I had uh, ever dreamed there. And of course, financially, uh, if you're in the market for educational resources, if you've got a stipend to use up at your work, uh, definitely go support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. Uh, get some more uh, helpful advice, practice pearls, uh, and uh, common sense education on the use of medications there. All right, so I'm going to sign off for today. If you want to track me down, uh, mededucation101 at gmail.com or LinkedIn is probably the uh, social media platform that I'm most active on. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.